All right, let's go. You're listening to the Not So Black and White Real Estate Podcast with your hosts, Sir Colin Campbell and Gary A. McGowan. Good afternoon, good afternoon. It's your host, Sir Colin Campbell, alongside Gary A. McGowan. And you're tuned into the Not So Black and White Real Estate Podcast. Uh, we have a special guest. When I say special guest, in uh, dialing in in the studio, uh, one of the sexiest men in real estate. Uh, I'm already on screen. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes. <laughs> Chris oh, Knighton himself. Welcome, Look at that. There's the man. Welcome to the show. How's it going? Can you guys see me there? We yeah, good? yeah. Stay still. Yeah. Don't don't wander too much. We got don't you. Don't move. Yeah. Oh man, I'm a wanderer when good. I talk. We're all good. <laughs> so here's here's how here's how our pre-show started. So Chris, where do you want to take this show? And he got real deep and real serious with us right away. So yeah, lead us into that conversation, Chris. Where like where do you want to go with us? Well, as a as a as a man, I'm um I've been crushed over and over again. And uh, the Maple Leafs have just, um, you know, and I, I don't need to go into any much more detail. However, I was asking the fellows if, do I, do I support the only Canadian team left in the Montreal Canadiens? And I think my, my initial response is, I can't do it. Like, I am, I'm an asshole Leafs fan. I can't help there it. There you go. However, coming there's, from abundance, not from scarcity. A there's a but. Yeah. I will be rooting for the Montreal Canadiens as much as it hurts me to say I would love to see the Canadiens win a cup. I know I never I wouldn't hear the the end of it for the next until the Leafs if they ever do win a cup from all my buddies that are Habs fans, but um yeah, that's the most important thing going on in my life right now. Yeah. So there there's our, you know, Mark Loeffler, the man of many words and sometimes very few. He said no. No. <laughs> no. Yeah, they, they won't they won't win. <laughs> yeah. Now, um, you have a history in hockey as well, right? Tell us a bit about that. Oh, there we go. Um, Boom. Okay, wait. Let's, let's set this up first a little bit. <laughs> Colin. So, Chris, give us yeah. – we're going to talk about hockey. Don't worry. But give us a little yeah. bit, you know, the 60-second bio. You operate a pretty successful team here in Canada. Tell us quickly a little bit about that, and then we'll get into the hockey stuff. Perfect. Um, yeah, I've been doing real estate – for my entire adult life after hockey. And I went down to Houston, Texas, and I was mainly in commercial real estate and commercial investing down there and had our own brokerage investment firms down there. It was a lot of fun. We ended up moving back to Canada about uh, just over six years ago now, which is kind of crazy. And um, got into residential real estate and I realized I really, really liked it because I enjoyed helping people. As cheesy as that sound, I really, I love people. So um, if I can help them with some of their most important financial decisions, it was something that I really, in sales, real estate and being able to help people, it was kind of my thing. So about five years ago, it's almost exactly five years ago, July 4th, five years ago, um, we actually started uh, building this team now known as Knight and Real Estate Advisors. And at that time I had, I fired a guy that was working with me because I wanted to grow and he didn't. And um, so I fired him and then actively started to build our team. And since then we've done over a thousand transactions and about, uh, about half a billion dollars worth of volume in that time. So it's, um, it's, it's been good. I'm very, very fortunate. I'm, I'm surrounded by some amazing people. So very lucky. Okay, let's not take those numbers lightly. Half a billion in sales in five years. Is that correct? Yes. Yes. 
That's uh, impressive. If we look at it now, I, I, I should get a new tally because last year it was reaching that, and then this year we're just we're just over a hundred million dollars in volume so far this year. Yes. Um, so that brings us over that half a billion dollar mark, which is again the first year by myself. Well, I, I, I had, um, like I said, I had that one guy, and then I, I, we started hiring on five years ago. Uh, yeah, it's um, it's been cool. It's been good. Lots of ups, lots of downs, but. Uh, I am always grateful for the struggle, but that way. Now, what is the dynamic of your team right now? Um, the dynamic of our team. We, we, we have this conversation quite a bit with um, whenever we're, we're coaching or we're, we're dealing. We, I was actually just on the phone with um, Mike Hicks out of Idaho, and we're um, mindset-wise very, very similar, but the way that we structure our team is, is I think – much different than anybody I've seen just the way that we, we do run like a team. Uh, like if you were on a hockey team and you're going to have a first, second, third, fourth liners, they're all just as important guys that aren't even playing in the minors. You have your GM, your coaches, every single person in our organization has ownership in terms of winning a championship. It's not about how many goals you score, how many championships you can win. And it's not that we're competing against anybody else, but just continually winning a championship so-called against ourselves every day or every year. And the way that we structure our specific buyer specialists and listing specialists, they actually work together um, on, say, if there's one client that was buying and selling and a buyer agent brings in that listing, they actually work just on the buying side while being able to profit on the listing side as well because we do combine our roles, um, I think, quite seamlessly together. And it takes the right mindset for our people, which is very a very important thing for me when hiring, but it's, it's all about a greater good. And we have what's called a wildfire model that this wildfire continually builds on itself. If the right elements are in there, uh, if it's, you know, if, if you're actually looking at wildfire, you have a spark and you have the wind and you have all these things in there. And if we continue to focus on the right things, those, they can, it can grow like a wildfire pretty quick. And then we go from, you know, our numbers that we had before and they continue to rate like we're, we've doubled our business um, at this point last year, we were just over a million, uh, in, in GCI. And now we're just over 2 million this year. And we've only added on, we've grew, grown our team 60%, but we've actually grown our sales over a hundred percent. So like if we had just grown 60 people or 60% in terms of salespeople, but then 60% in terms of production, that would just been a one to one ratio. But we like to make sure that we're like one plus one doesn't equal two, it equals 10. So that's kind of the mindset yes. that we have. And it's, there's a lot more in-depth into the culture and, and organizational model that we have, but it takes the right kind of person to, to feed into it. Interesting. Yeah, that, no, that, that really is. I, I love it because, okay, so five years ago, I think is about the time when I think we all kind of met and yes. it may have been at um, an, an inspa- uh, excuse me expansion course kw expansion course i think i don't know four or five it doesn't matter when yeah so yeah we'll go with that um so when you put together you know the thought i'm gonna grow a team or i'm gonna i'm gonna you know i'm gonna help more people you don't just start from you and another agent like what does that look like did you plan for this growth or is that something that happened organically or as you know one one milestone reached to another what does that look like in the in the head of chris knighton Yeah. So when I was talking to uh, Justin, our VP of buyer sales today about that, where I need to do a better job of living in the moment. I think it's a good thing that um, 
like my entire life is, and it's weird. I was thinking about this. I visualize everything next year, five years, 20 years down, all like kind of all at once I'm thinking, like we were just walking through a new office building that we're buying and I wasn't looking at it like for today. I should have enjoyed the fact that we're like in on the, the cusp of buying this new building, but I was really looking at what that's going to look like in 20 years. And it's kind of a detriment because I sometimes have a hard time enjoying where I am and like taking time to slow down. And, but it's also good because that when I started this, I had an idea of what I wanted to do and it's, you can see it kind of coming to fruition, which is I'm, I said this to my wife the other day, I said, all this stuff that happened, like we shut down our entire lives. I was basically retired at 30. It was great. Shut down our lives to come back. And I said, look what we've done. It's kind of crazy. I always say like, it's crazy. She's like, shut up. It's not crazy. You actually <laughs> made that happen. Like, and she actually's like, you sound stupid. Like you it didn't just magically happen. I'm like, how, wait, enough, stop you there. How, how come wives always tell us what we need to know or what, what oh, we need to my hear? Gosh. <laughs> That's sorry, her job. Sorry to interrupt. To cut me down. If ever I'm feeling like I'm getting a little on my high horse, she'll take me down. She's five <laughs> feet tall and scared shitless of her. Nice. Um, <laughs> but that was that was a um, a very very purposeful way of doing. And again, just coming back to team sports and and understanding organizational um, models and organizational theory. It it fascinates me because again, like I'm a high eye, I'm a super high eye next is D, but like eyes off the charts. Cause I, again, I'm a dog. Like I'm, I'm like that golden retriever. Hey, come here. Hey, how are you? Like, I'm going to sniff your crotch and scratch my butt and we're good to go. Right. Like it's really in. I've heard that. Enjoying. Yeah. Yes. Yes. That's, that's how I met Colin actually. Um, yes. <laughs> True stories. But, <laughs> so when, when we have like our organization and I want to be able to be very, very um, numbers focused, but it's people first, right? So when I did that, like I, I've always had a very strong mission, vision, values, police perspective. But when I started to really write that down and visualize what that looks like in terms of myself and our people, um, that's really where I think that kind of strong vision and culture grew from. And people get to live that every day, even through like this craziness last 15 months and not being able to be very close to each other physically we've still been able to in my mind i'm very proud of the fact that we've been able to kind of move forward in that culture and in that growth as well so yeah i don't know if that answers no, your they, question at all no i i think it touched on a lot of points there and there's um, a saying by warren buffett he says you know be um be fearful when others are greedy and greedy when others are fearful, right? One of my favorite quotes by Warren Buffett. Here it is in a, a pandemic, a global pandemic, where most people are contracting. You decided, I'm going to go out and build. I'm going to grow my sales force. I'm going to grow my team. You've doubled your numbers already. You were very purposeful about that. So many agents say they want to build a team. You've actually done it and you're, you're doing it in a time where, like I said, most people are contracting. How are you doing yeah. it? Um, it was funny because I did a, a few things there. So I got to write down my notes there. Um, kind of what, what happened in April of last year, like we, we just brought on a few people and we didn't know what the heck was going to happen. And we have what's called the decision-making triangle. I have a lot of models for our team and how it runs kind of our culture. Um, but part of our ovation model, which is, it starts off with basically our high integrity triangle with high 
production, which is leads, listings, leverage, which we all know, and then our listing and buyer squad and how we run that. It's a whole other thing I can talk about. But it starts with um, high integrity before high production because that's most important to me. Um, and I can tell you why later on about that. But so when we looked at me and my, um, my operations manager, Valerie, who's been with me since day one, and she, uh, we said, like, what are we going to do? Are we going to lay people off? Are we going to, like, ask them to work half part-time and pay them part-time, whatever it is, because we don't know what the heck's going on. And it was about three weeks of continuous conversation around that. And I basically just said, fuck, or, can I swear? You, you just can did. do whatever you want. <laughs> I said, fuck it. Let's, let's go. Like, I'm not, I'm not in this business to, to not. Um, and our decision-making triangle is, if you take a triangle, the bottom of it is it client's best interest first. And going back to our mission, our team mission is to build trust with our clients so that our clients can build better lives. But clients can be um, taken out and replaced with anybody. It could be with our families, with our coworkers, mm. with our business, so that we're, we're building trust with everyone that we, we touch so they can build better lives. And the, the, the higher the trust, the faster you can, you can move. So we looked at it and I said, are we doing what's best for our team members both sales and our full-time staff, we had six at the time, are we doing what's best for them if we lay anybody off? Because that's me not having faith in what it is that we're doing. So I said, no. And I said, the next uh, part of that, the other side of it is it fit within our culture and ethics. And our culture is basically you're part of our family. Like, what would I do that to my family? And if my kids were struggling, would I just be like, ah, sorry, we're going to, you know, not support you type of thing. And the last part of it was, is it in our best interest, in my best interest? So we start uh, client first, does it fit within our culture and ethics? And then is it in our best interest of the team? And I said, absolutely not. Because we've been very lucky that, you know, building this business, um, we just, we've had great reserves and, and yeah, okay, we might not be as, as profitable. However, we have the ability to go, I say, as long as we have 12 months worth of reserves, we don't have to sell a home and we're good to go and we can, like our monthly nuts around $80,000 or whatever that is. So as long as we have that ready to go, like we can keep moving forward and keep pushing forward. So it took a while because it was like, I don't know if you guys remember April last year, we did nine deals last April and it was like, it was the first month that we didn't make money in a, a long yeah. time. And, uh, but, and when I saw a lot of these and I, I try to look what everybody's doing and try to do something different because if everyone's doing something, it's for a reason. Um, and I've always tried to do it a little bit different. So I saw a lot of these big teams all over North America, just like laying off, getting like cutting down expenses. And I said, screw that. Let's ramp up everything. Um, we held on to an ISA that didn't do anything for 13 months because she had to take care of her. She's a single mom, had to take care of a little girl that was at home. I said, I would not be able to sleep with myself if I let that person go. So we paid her a full-time salary. Again, people might say that's a bad business move, but I'm like, my business starts with integrity first. And this, this woman was not, just not what she wanted, right? She didn't want to be sitting there with her four-year-old literally trapped in a small apartment by themselves for months. So we, we refocused and invested in more. We took, we got rid of like all the kind of frivolous things that we didn't need. Um, I mean, just think even office paper and uh, toilet paper and like dish soap and stuff like that are at the office because no one was here. It was just me went down a bit, but we just, we kept moving forward and that was um, scary. It was really, really scary. And, um, but we did it. And then, so that month, April was awful, but what we did as a team, we, 
we just, everybody recommitted. We were on Zoom, like I think most people every single day. A lot of people went through some tough, tough times. And if you look at what happened three months later, because we have basically a 90 day turnaround from our lead generation activities, double down on activities. And then we had never reached over $350,000 in GCI in a month. In June, we were over 600,000 uh, in GCI. It was wow. the first time we ever reached that because Again, I, it, it wasn't because of me, but it was decisions that we made as a group, as a team to not only live by our models and our values and uh, set that example, but then what that did, again, maybe at the, at the outset, it, it might not be a good financial decision if you're looking at it like just in front of your face, but if you're looking down uh, a few months down the road, which again, I always look future pace. That was the reason why we did it because we reinvested and showed confidence in our people. And then, man, I got to give it to our people that, uh, and we had, we had, uh, at that time we had six agents plus myself. So, you know, over $600,000 in GCI with seven producing people was a, a pretty good, pretty good month. That's impressive. Very That's impressive. impressive. I, I was writing down notes and all sorts of stuff. There, there's a lot, a lot in that, Chris. And um, so I have a couple of questions for you and we'll circle back to some of that stuff. But my, my first thought as, as you were going through all of that, you know, when we have systems and models and then, you know, the triangle that you speak of, was it the ovation? Is that what you called it? Or is that in my mixing? Yeah. It yeah. It's so ovation. Yeah. Yeah. Keep talking. I'm going to grab Keep talking. So blah, 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 blah. Amazing idea. <laughs> and he's, for those that are you, of you that are listening, he walked off to go get it. Oh, there you go. Nice glass. So we have four of these high production, high, high sorry, high integrity, high production listing service and buyer service. And it actually sell, spells clap if you look at it. And like, so instead of doing the clap model, which may sound a little bit weird, we call it the ovation model. That's I, like it. I, I, I like think it. ovation is better than the clap yeah. model. Hey, yeah. we got the yeah. clap. That's right. Clap on, clap off. I'm sure you had all those jokes. Yeah, yeah. Well, I always think back to, like, I think one of the first times I ever got to hear Mo Anderson speak, um, it was just something simple she said, yet it it kind of changed the way uh, I thought about leading and managing. And, you know, it's kind of similar to what you're doing when you have a set of standards or when you, you follow a, 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 you know, the ovation model, your the decision becomes easy. Is it above that standard or below? It's such a, and that's what, and somebody was asking about quantum leap the other day. And I said, quantum leap makes your life because I, I, I was, lucky enough to have Mo Anderson um, teach us quantum leap the last time she was in Canada, I was there and it was just, and I love that. So I live by that stuff anyways, but having her simplify your life by having intention around it, that you, what you just said, they're making, making your life, he's making decisions easier. Like, honestly, I did, I do it every single day. I use it for every part of my life, but we were talking about, I'm not going to get into the actual decision, but like uh, my VP of sales, he was like, our coach was trying to talk about, potentially offboarding somebody. And that's great because they're looking just at numbers. That's what they're there for. They don't know the internal structure and models and culture that we have. First thing I said, isn't that the client would be that person is in their best interest? I said, absolutely not. Well, we can don't have to go further than that, but let's do it. Does it fit within our culture and ethics? It's like, again, giving up on something. That'd be like me giving up on our, um, our team that's, that's getting paid full salary, but not working. No, it doesn't make sense. And is it what's best for our company? I don't believe so. So it makes every decision. If you ever think like, oh, what should I do? Just run it through that filter. It makes it a lot easier. Mm -hmm. 
Well, well said. Well yeah. said. Yeah. Okay. Um, Okay, talk to us a little about, you know, one of the things when you, when you start to have larger organizations, you know, one of the, the fancy terms out there is sticky teams, right? We, you know, the people that we bring on board, we want them to stay with us. So, yeah. and I know, you know, that might be woven throughout the ovation model and everything else, but talk to us a little bit about, you know, sticky teams and, and attracting great talent and, and having a vision big enough that they fit in, uh, they fit within that. So there's a lot to that and finding the right people is key. Can I get really nerdy and show you something else as well that I keep right up? I don't know if you can see it over here. I love show it. So yeah, 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 yeah. I love yeah, calling yeah. that this has become a show and tell podcast now. I, think yeah. it's yeah, cool. yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you can tell, but I'm a pretty visual guy. Yeah, so no doubt. <laughs> you guys can make fun of me, but however, can you see this right here? Yeah, yeah. So we're looking at a tree with a root system, and yeah, go ahead. Yeah, the, what that so, your daughter drew. Yep. <laughs> yes, exactly. I spent a lot of time doing this. Um, so what you're looking at is so my big thing is culture. Like, what is culture, right? And how does it? And I had this idea of a tree for a long time, but it wasn't until I had these last two pieces that I really put it together, and then I was able to. If we have a shared vision a strong vision, we all start moving in the same direction together. So I'm going to go through it real quickly here. So you have a tree, right? It's growing. Like we started out with an idea. It's one idea, one person, it was me, uh, and then bring people into it. So the roots that hold our tree up are our models, our ideal team member, which we have uh, a model for that. And this would per the people that we want, like you said, who do we bring on? If they don't fit that criteria, they're not going to fit in our, um, in our culture. The ovation model we talked about, our wildfire model, our KISS model, which is how we train and, and, and get our agents producing at such a high level. Um, a word of empowerment that we always use, our night and team, our night and real estate advisors, mission, vision, value, belief system, and our goals and our beliefs. And those, those are legit. Those are the, the roots that hold us down. So we can grow as big as we want, as long as our root system is, is really, really embedded. Now the soil around that, guys, you can make fun of me if you want. This is crazy, I know, but the soil around that feeds into all those things. And that soil is the culture. And the one thing about the culture that what builds culture is the people. And if you look at uh, John Maxwell, your attitudes, your everyone's attitude is your thoughts, your actions, and your beliefs. Mm -hmm. And all three of those things lead into your culture because you're gonna be bringing those into every interaction you have. And you can't really put your finger on an attitude because it's just something that's there. Thoughts, actions, beliefs. That makes sense? Yes. Um, so those things permeate into our culture. And if we don't have, if we have acid rain feeding into our, our soil, what's going to happen to our root system, the rest of our tree? It's going to shrivel and dry. However, if we have nice nourishing growth bearing water with great attitudes, it's going to help our tree grow. And it's going to be able to use, utilize that culture to go into those roots and build a tree. Now, the trunk of that tree is our interconnectedness. How are we communicating with each other? Because if you've ever been in, a, in a, an organization or maybe a relationship where communication isn't there and there's just a barrier there, that that, that trunk of that organization is not going to bear fruit. It's not going to be able to allow you to put on other branches. And so we look at that as our interconnectedness as a team to be able to come back to understand that every single person, I might not talk to them every week, but like our listing manager, our ISAs, transactions, salespeople, they're all owners of this business together. They're part of this tree and they're a big part of it. They feed into it. Now, each one of the branches are different parts of the, of our people, which is your admin staff, 
um, our buyer team, listing team. Um, we call it our NATO group. New. They each have a branch and they're a leaf on that branch that, again, call me crazy. What they're doing is they're looking at the light. And if you've ever seen a, a plant you put in the corner of a room and there's a light in the other side, what happens to that plant? Where does it grow? It starts growing towards the light. <clears throat> Absolutely. So our vision is that sun. I know it's a cheesy uh, little diagram here, but if we have a strong vision, our tree is going to start to go there. If our vision is we're going to do a hundred deals and we're okay with that. And we're going to put our integrity last and high production first, guess what's going to happen? Our tree is going to go towards that light. If our vision is one of doing 10,000 transactions a year and literally changing the real estate industry and living by our models and examples, that's where our vision is going to. And at the end of the day, what it do? It provides, provides um, fruit for our families and ourselves and provides shelter for everyone around us. And the coolest thing around that is that we get to help other people build their own organizations, their own trees by giving off seeds of hope, ideas, life. And you get to help other people build better lives, which is literally my, my personal mission. That How is, is that? beautiful. No, that, listen, people can laugh all they want, but six months in, you've done 200 million in, in volume. So it's working for you. Is it 100 or 200? Uh, 100, 200, uh, we'll be at probably our, our goal is 225 for the year. Okay, so you're going to crush that goal regardless, uh, but here it is. This is what is working for you. So, heck, I want to implement that tree. <laughs> and we, we did that. So I, I did this as a, um, again, talking about that interconnectedness. I felt like I was losing connectivity with our team because you don't need to talk to everybody. The CEO doesn't talk to um, the janitor every day. But if that janitor is held the same level as the CEO and, and they have an interconnected understanding of what their personal missions are and what's important to them, that tree is going to grow. That organization is going to grow. So um, I did this. Uh, I did this about three weeks ago with our team, and I sent this, and I gave them an assignment to say, "I want to see your vision for yourself, for your role within the team, and then what is your personal vision?" So taking it from organization down to the role, how we plan to help get to that vision, your role within the organization. But then, really, what I wanted to find out after doing all that is really understand what's important to them and how we can. Um, help them build their vision because if it's not within this organization that's absolutely fine how can i help you get to that next whatever it is i'd love you to be here but if it's not going to be where you need to be i don't need to be selfish and, and hold people in so now that stickiness we don't sign contracts with any of our people like we don't sign anything they're free to go whenever they want they have their database they can do whatever they need to do um because i'm here to help them build like my mission literally is to be the best version of myself every single day so I can help other people live their best lives by building an environment of growth around them and empowerment. And if I'm not doing that for what they want, why the heck do I want them there in the first place? And why do they want to be there? Yep. <clears throat> yep. Well said. Um, with, with that, a lot came out of that. And I would like us for to unpack a few of that where you're looking to grow not by quality, quantity, but by quality. And based on that vision that you have, and more so your standards, it's easy to say yes to someone or even no to someone who's producing at a very high level. 
Absolutely. And it comes back to that culture. Like I said, if you're going to be that thing, I just think of the rain, what's, what rain do I want to put in the soil? Uh, do I want to have that again, just coming back to team sports, I've had some amazing hockey players. Um, sorry. No, we lost you. Put it back in. <laughs> He's saying hey, something. Well, Chris is figuring out his microphone all of a sudden. We'll keep talking. We'll keep chatting away here. But um, yeah, yeah, there's a lot there, Colin. That uh, I, I love that we asked about sticky teams, and we got a whole workshop on the tree. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I mean, just like all of us here uh, on the show right now, we're, most of us are visual, and for me to see that image brings it in very clear brings it in very clear as this is what is happening and this is how you're going to build this culture and build such a massive team around you for them to do 600,000 in one month. Like this is what most teams are doing an entire year. So obviously it's something that is working for him. Yeah, absolutely. Still can't hear you, my friend. He'll figure it out. We'll get, and you know yeah. what I love too, and and we'll get we'll get Chris back on here in just a second. Um, and I was kind of going to sum up the whole podcast with this, but we'll do it. We'll do it now, and we can circle back to it. Is you know, obviously, we know, and we've been we've been taught by many different leaders, success breeds success. More importantly, yeah. uh, having a clear understanding of what you want your success to look like that's that's where success comes from as well right and and uh i think we would all agree that chris is pretty clear on what he wants his organization to look like and and what that success looks like and what do you think um and, and it's it's i like when his wife said you know it, this isn't just random so does he he's laughing off screen right now right <laughs> you you were intentional about building this and we know um all the successful people, they have a plan, they have a vision board, they have written out that plan, they know exactly what success looks like for them at any particular time. So this didn't, you know, happen just by accident. He was very purposeful about it. And that's a lesson that a lot of us can take away from that is if you're purposeful about your goals and what is it you need for the future, you will achieve it. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, Looks sorry, like we're, we're still to, having... We're trying to fix it in the background here. Okay. We'll get this sorted out. We'll get this sorted out. Uh, keep trying, Chris. See if I can fix it here. We can... We can I can't quite hear you. Um, so the, the other thing that I like to... Go ahead, Colin. Go ahead. No, go 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 right ahead. Go no, ahead. I was going to say the other thing that I like, you know, when we're talking about we're talking to the team owners or really what Chris is and and you are and others, we're, we're business owners, right? And that's you know we we're, we've been we we're taught that at Keller Williams to think like a business owner, and uh, what Chris is talking to us today about is being a business owner. Like there's there's no other ways around it. Being a business owner and caring about the people that are in your world, right? Like the they won't know how much you care until you show how much you care for them, right? Yes, absolutely. Um, and it's 
treating real estate because so many of us, we get a real estate license, we come into this building, this business, and all we can think about is buying and selling homes. Now, yeah. Chris has built this in such a way where he can choose to sell this and he can get a multiple of you know the profits that he brings in every year. So that is a true business, business owner and a business that he's actually building and creating. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, we got you on screen, my friend. Are you with us Vis vocally, audible? There we go. Boom. There we go. Okay, half of that half right, of that yeah. was me. I forgot to take you out of the green room. Yeah, <laughs> this, I was like, this, I'm this, here. I'm this here. virtual green room. <laughs> like, oh, that's on me. That's on me. So, <laughs> would you believe you were just eavesdropping on our conversation and we were, we were, we were not making fun of you. We were raving about you. So there you go. Uh, it's now on well, record. <laughs> we go back heard, to being normal. I heard something on there that um, we talk about all the time, which is, you guys have heard this. I live by bold laws, but clarity is power. And um, yep, yep. I think intent, intentionality is is power and intentionality leads to clarity because if you're intentional about your life and I was having this conversation that I, I told you about the guy I was talking literally yesterday about quantum leap and I, I was telling him how you can really just create whatever life you want around you if you're intentional around it and you know what you want and you just make those actions or take those actions to create that life around you. And that's why I believe in all the, those models that we learn from KW, especially if uh, mission, vision, values, uh, leading into a four-on-one and a one-three-five. Like I look at my one-three-fives every week. And one of the, the biggest things, the most important thing for me is to be a good husband and a good father. And I, I review that all the time. And I have to remind myself, like, this is the what I'm trying to do to reach these things so I can be a better husband, better father. And when I'm leading myself better, because there's no better accountability than kids and a wife when i can lead myself better i can be a better leader for others as well now just before we pivot over into gary what you want to go into very soon um how are you attracting talent to your team very lucky that um we just there's no such thing as luck there's no such thing as luck True. I truly believe that. However, I feel fortunate in the fact that we have a very good presence. And I think that honestly, I know one team that doesn't like us that I've ever dealt with. And it's because we just took over their their farm area market share where they, they just don't like us and they, they never will. And I've tried to get them a high. I don't like them. People don't like me. Um, but everybody else that I've ever spoken to about our team um, has been like, your your agents are phenomenal. They're very easy to work with. There's trust built in there because we're always building trust. And that I think that goes a long way when people talk about us. I think it's just naturally, that culture is embodying what we do and then naturally go, gets permeated up there through just conversations with people. So uh, once in a while, I'll, I'll put out there, like I'm going to start doing it soon because we're going to do another hiring, um, uh, an onboarding class at the end of August. I'm going to start doing that now. But we have people a lot of the time, when, when you put yourself out there, I think people naturally come and they see what's going on. And I think the fact that we have been somewhat successful um, in a short period of time, people are just drawn to that. So it's been, it's been good. But I find when you're living by your mission, vision, values, you just tend to attract more people like you. And I'm an intense guy. I'm not for everybody and I get it. 
And uh, a lot of people on our team are like, if this was like Justin, our VP of sales, he's like, if I met you 10 years earlier, I would have thought you, you were an absolute lunatic. And maybe I still am. However, um, you know, it's finding the right people at the right time. They're going to fit within your culture. So we can go and hire 30 people right now. And we can be number one on our board. I don't want to say easily, but we could be by the end of the year, one, if not two. But that's not going to build what I'm that tree that we're looking for, right? If we're not building the right culture, right people. So I'm looking for more of a longer term vision on that. So when you talk about your original question of why or how do we attract talent, you attract who you are, not who you want. Um, and we just naturally attract people, I think, from and getting out there and giving back. That's my thing is giving back to people. And uh, everyone's like, what's the catch? I'm like, no, I just, it's me being selfish. Like me helping somebody is me being selfish. It makes me feel good. So yeah, that's how we tracked out. Now you're, you most likely you said you're going to end this year, number one or number two on your board. You know, you're going to crush your numbers of, uh, 250, uh, 250, um, million in, in volume. And you're going to receive all these accolades when all of that is said and done. Looking at it, you know, six months from now, achieving all these checkpoints, do you consider yourself a successful business owner? Uh, it's funny. No. Um, it's a... Uh a milestone but I, I had a really cool uh, experience when I was uh, I was 30 I wanted to be worth a certain amount by the time I was 30 and I had that amount in my, my checking account and with every, I reached every financial goal I um, strived for right and then I reached it and it was like it was so uh, superficial that number and I was like I'll tell you, it, it was I wanted a, I want a million dollars cash in my bank account like not net worth on paper. I wanted like a million bucks cash in my checking account. So I'd feel like I've made, like I've done it. Right. And, um, but that's all I worked for. Like when I went down to Texas and it's, I mean, it's not a huge number for a lot of people, but for me, it was like, it was massive. And, um, I did it. And then I was like, it was a hole that wasn't filled by that, that when I deposited this check, it was like, Oh my God, I have a million dollars in my bank account. And I have this, this receipt of deposit receipt still to this day. And I was like, it did not make me happy at all. Like that success wasn't, um, there's no, I don't know. There's no such thing as like success if you stop moving forward. So yes, we, we, and again, I have a hard time. Our team does as well. It's probably my fault. Um, staying in the moment and being grateful, not grateful, but celebrating what we have and what we've done, which is good. Also a little bit, I need to work on that as well. And I told you at the beginning of this, I need to work on being here because when you get there, like, okay, awesome. Where are we going next? Where are we going next? Cause there's always that goal because that's what drives me forward. I think what keeps me motivated is growth. Um, so what I feel like a successful business owner, I get people saying all the time, like, Oh, you guys are awesome. And everything. I'm like, it's a bloody gong show here. Like we haven't, I don't care. Anybody says, I have no freaking clue what I'm doing. You can have any model or formula. You throw one wrench in it, like, covid or a market shift like like the i always look at coca-cola and and pepsi you know they they're they go back and forth and jockey between the the highest market share for cola in the world between you know 48 and one's got 52 and then it's like 49 and 51 they spend billions of dollars on their marketing to try to create 
uh, more market share for like this little bit of market share, which is huge at the end of the day, but they mess it up all the time. They have no idea what they're doing. You have all these case studies when you go to business school about looking back, but when you're in there, like remember um, Pepsi clear and stuff like that, like <laughs> you're gonna do things, well, it's not gonna work. And, and if anyone says like, this is gonna happen, and I hear a lot of people say, oh, my, if my coach like needs to show me what to do, your coach is there to ask you a question, just like you should be, what should my best decision be to get me towards my mission? Um, that's success for me is to, to see other people realizing that too and building that life for themselves that, that they, not that they wouldn't necessarily be able to do without us, but we've been able to give them a space or an environment so they can grow to just be like, just be better versions of themselves. And then they come back and thank me. And I have a very hard time taking compliments, even though it's my mission. When people are like, oh, Chris, thank you. Or like, this is because you, I'm like, no, it's not. It's because you did it. We just gave you the environment. If we're always building that environment for growth and opportunity, that's that's really where I'd feel I feel good. Okay. Nice. Well said. I don't even answer questions. I just go off on random tangents. <laughs> it's too perfect. Many yeah, too many concussions. <laughs> that was yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was good. So no time, Gary. Were you trying to coach me into something here, Colin? Are you trying to lead me into something? Absolutely. All right. Absolutely. All right, Knighton. We do something, something fun here. Let me fix this up. Hold up. Stay there. Don't move. We're going to fix your camera. There we go. Boom. Just like that. So as you know, um, we like to ask questions. Now here's where you got to keep your answers short. And the first thing that comes to your mind. So I'm going to ask you some rapid fire questions. They will all be serious. And of course, if you know us, that's not the case. Um, But it will allow us into the world of Chris Knighton. You ready? Okay. Okay. So we'll start off with some easy ones. Play a little music in the background first. Um, would you rather be talking or texting? He's laughing already. Talking or texting? I hate texting. I hate okay. it. There you go. Favorite season of the year? All of them. Yeah, it's not an answer. Mo- moving on. Yeah. Uh, is it wrong? Here's where it's, you know you might have to think. Is it wrong for a vegetarian to eat animal crackers? <laughs> yes, it goes against everything they stand for. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I like it. Right, this will be a good one, Colin. First celebrity crush. Ooh, I saw my wife with this. Uh, uh, Christina Ricci. Christina, I like how, Okay, hang on. I like how the sentence started. The answer started with, oh, I was talking to my wife about this. Yeah, Christina Ricci from the, remember those teen books? Ever? She was on that movie, uh, Casper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I don't know why. Yeah. yeah. Is she still around? She's still doing uh, some movies and stuff. Is All she? Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, a place is a place you want to, sorry, you want to most travel to. I want to most travel. Uh, I like Northern Ontario or BC. Yeah, you're a fishing cottage kind of guy. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, favorite junk food? Wings. Easy. Oh, that I like, I like that answer. No, it's healthy. Um, but speaking, <laughs> of, speaking of junk food, is double dipping at a party ever acceptable? Absolutely. Boom. There we have it. I like it. Um, Now, this is a serious question. Music off for this one. Uh, Name one of the seven dwarfs. Sleepy. Yeah. Good answer. You're you're the winner. (laughs) You're the winner. We've only had one person. Only one person named something different. Oh, seriously? Yeah. And it was, I think it was dopey. So I don't know if it was worse or better. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> that was that was Rochelle West from the West team out in Ottawa. You you probably know Michelle yeah. or Rochelle, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, okay, just a couple more here. Um, would you rather cake or pie? Ooh, cake. Cake. Okay, and last one because this this will sum up your relationship with Colin and whether or not it continues. Um, the, Godfather, the Godfather. The <laughs> Godfather. The Godfather or Star Wars? Oh, Star Wars. Oh, there you go. Wow. A friendship has been broken. Yes. <laughs> He's I out like of here. Boat. Take him off. <laughs> ah, very good. A little fun we like to have with our guests. That's awesome, guys. Okay. Yeah, good stuff. Thanks for playing along with us. Okay, I wrote a note down earlier while you're talking about um, your culture, your teams, and and the talent that you're looking for. And it was simply training. And I I know I've seen it on social media. I've seen it elsewhere. You do uh, and provide a tremendous amount of training for your team. Talk to us a little bit about why that's so important to you and your team. Well, first of all, it's because again, like my mission is to be able to help people and give them an environment where they can grow. And I think that people get in this business and they think it's selling, like showing homes and selling homes. And the training for me really comes down to mindset first and foremost and understanding what we focus on. Build like first you make the choice and then the choice makes you. Um, the one compliment I got from a guy that came from Meridian, he was there for like six years and he came over last year and he's like, this on this onboarding training was the best I've ever seen. And then he, corporate kind of thing and i was like amazing because i still feel like it's it's terrible right because i see it i know where we're making mistakes and whatnot the reason i believe it's so important is because you are you're teaching people how to build an actual business and that's the difference i think with our team going back to the our differentiating factors that we don't have a sales job it's not a sales job we're actually we're creating entrepreneurs and teaching them how entrepreneurship can work even though most people are not business owners and they they would never be naturally but if you give them the right environment and help them understand what that means for a long-term vision um you have to do that through training and have them understand like listen this isn't we're not selling pens i always said i'm not a pen salesman we we help people with their largest decisions financial decisions they've ever made in their lives and if we can be a professional and create the environment for them to grow that trust as well. The only way to do that is if you're truly trained and you truly are a professional in my mind. Yeah. And is there a specific training that you lean on more than others? Is, is, is there something that you're seeing within the, your team members that you really focus on? Or is it, is it one of those always, always changing, always adapting to what's happening in the market and with your team? How, how does that fluid work with you guys? Yeah, so we, we have a, a KISS model, I said, Night Integrated Success System. That's that's a huge thing for us because it's it's the, we have, you know, the five jobs of a real estate agent. We have six. I, I, I don't know why. I've tried to petition Gary Keller to put in the sixth job of tracking because if you don't track your business, you don't actually have a business. Um, and how can you improve? So we were five jobs. That's the how, which is the easy part. But I get a lot of people, they, they do these trainings. Okay, this is, or no, this is what we do. But how do we do it? And we have uh, four things on that, which is your pipeline, your CRM, time blocking, accountability, and personal growth. 
And um, so we use that and each week and give yourself a score out of 10 to see where you're lacking. Was it outbound lead generation? Was it follow-up? Was it my appointments? Maybe I just didn't time block properly or follow my time block. Um, but then with that, so you have your, if you're looking at this model, it's, it's basically follows B do have. The do part of it is the those 10 jobs, so those 10 things, your six jobs and then the how. But before that is the B, where you need to have your mission, vision, value written out, which everybody does, and we share them, have a four-on-one, have your goals. So that's the start. At the very end of that is your results. And we say it's 90 days to momentum. I truly believe it's 24 months of consistent hard work and effort and tension before you start to see real momentum that can sustain ups and downs because you have to continue to keep doing it. And then that just filters back around into refining your goals, your four-on-one and changing your mission so you can continue to do that. So that's uh, that's something that I made. Uh, I came up with it, but it was really just based on all the models and systems and combining everything together. Like I'm again, very visual guy. So when, um, when I put it all together, I'm like, holy shit, I can just really teach people this. I mean, if you unpack just lead generation, that's a, it's a lifelong learning experience in itself and then lead follow-up. But I really think our KISS model revolutionized what I do and how I think about training people. But there's so much within that. Um, so that's what we really lean on when we're doing our training. We do uh, I do Ignite with everybody the first 30 days uh, that comes on the team. I do Ignite. We call it Ignitin because we Ignitinized it. So... Yeah, you did. Totally. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's a drum roll there it. somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that's cool. Um, talk to us a little bit. And as, as we get close to wrapping up here, but I'd love for you to share with us, you know, some of these systems that we've, you've been talking about this afternoon, um, you sure. know, we're often taught not to reinvent the wheel, but to add our thumbprint on it. So talk to us a little bit about where you're learning some of this stuff and how you are putting your thumbprint on it so it fits you know your your model your team um character and everything like that uh absolutely it's well kw and, and all the stuff that we've learned through there it's huge and i'm such a big uh, bold was a big thing for me like i, I came back and uh six years ago i take i took bold 11 times and they changed it so we stopped doing that because i don't again just my thoughts i don't think it's as good as it was before um but taking all these models, I need to make uh, an understanding of my world around me visually because I want to be able to to take that. And if, if again, my vision is how can I do this for you know, our goals, 10,000 transactions, that's 500 agents. How can we systematize this so that we have foundational models that within each one of those things, it will always change. But if you have a foundation Again, look at go back to MRA. If you have foundational models, then you can build up with your creativity from here. And that foundation, the thicker you build it, and then you have that organizational backing and culture, you can really build somebody's professional foundational models and principles so that they can just really grow. And the deeper that is, the more they can they can grow their business. So really, what you try to what I was trying to do is I'm always trying to focus on what I see, how do we make it better and understand the things that you can't naturally quantify like culture and stuff like that. How do we explain that 
to everybody so that if we can explain, understand, remember we talk about clarity, clarity is power. If you have clarity around who you are and what you want, you can actually, I can go to Colin and be like, hey, Colin, do you fit within this by asking very simple questions? So then I can say, then you can, it makes your life easier. So that's why I do it. And um, everybody calls me an organizational nerd and I love Excel and all those things, but so I can explain and understand and, and talk more about what it is that we have right now so that when we're moving somewhere, we can actually make adjustments and filter in the right people that are going to help us get there. Interesting. Well said. Now, uh, there's this saying that behind every successful person, you know, there's someone else beside you or in the background. Who's that person for you? Every single person in my life. That, that may sound so cheesy and everything. Like my wife is obviously she's, um, my everything my kids uh valerie she's my office wife she i love her to death um everybody in here the new agents the agents that helped us grow for the last five years um every single person i meet you guys um like i just i take from everybody and i i um, maybe it's my mindset it's not to be like self-deprecating but if you look at yourself as not looking up to people and not looking down on people i'd rather look up at people and i do but you want to look at everybody looking eye to eye and say like, hey, and I naturally do this when I'm, if I'm talking to somebody, I'm 6'2". People, a lot of people don't realize I'm 6'2", because I'll naturally come down and see eye to eye with people. And I realized this about five years ago, but it helps me connect and and, and see people, right? Like I, I see you, people want to be seen and heard. And again, probably the high eye. So every single person I ever talk to, and if they're the worst example of who I want to be, I've learned more from people I don't want to, be like, and I have many examples of them. And I just like, you know what? I, if I can do everything not to be that person, that's, that's good because I know at least I'm, I know who I am, who I want to be. I can kind of avoid doing those things and maybe think about that next time I'm trying to treat somebody or if I'm thinking about being a dick, um, I'd be like, why would I do that in the first place? That person did that to me. I don't need to transfer that energy. I could take that and turn it into something else. So every single person I ever come in contact, communicate with is very, very special to me. That's so cheesy. That's so yes, cheesy. You've been, well, the only cheesy been, part is, is it is a little funny and weird when you get down to my level being only five, six, but whatever. Yeah, we'll, I, we'll, I gotta get yeah, there. Yeah, there go. That's about right. Yeah, right about there. <laughs> all good, now, all good. We spoke, uh, and wrapping things up, we spoke, um, you know, uh, intense uh, about your, your career in real estate. Before real estate, what did you do? <laughs> I had a very mediocre hockey career and I worked in a steel factory. It's good times. So tell us, um, tell us about your hockey career and then the steel factory or which, whichever one came first in that. Two order. things. Work, work in a steel factory. I, I, I see people come into this business and they start to almost want to give up after a few months because it's hard because they've never had to struggle. And I never, I didn't have to, we always had a roof over our head. Like our, we weren't rich, but like, parents struggled like everybody else middle class my uh, mom worked at the steel steel factory 36 years my dad was an electrician he you know his business kind of went in and out but we were always provided for for sure but like at the age of 14 i i, I loved the skateboard right and uh, so i wanted nice skateboarding shoes and skateboarding clothes and my parents weren't going to buy me you know a hundred dollar shoes um so i had to go and work so i worked four jobs since i was like 15 and I played, I want to play junior hockey so I could make more money because they paid, paid you to play hockey. So that was like something, not even like a struggle, but it was also thinking about at night. I remember when I was uh, thinking about going to, I want to go to university. 
And I was like, how am I going to pay for this? And I would be up at night as like 17 year old, be like, I knew my parents weren't going to and everything. So I was, it would, but it was the struggle. Like I said, I'm very, very grateful for the struggle um, because it helps you get better. And so working in a steel factory, I work every summer, luckily enough, again, I, I don't, nothing's ever given to anybody, but you also need people to help get you there. Like my mom got me a job, me and my brother at a steel factory and it was amazing hard work. And I realized I didn't want to work 12 hour shifts for the next 30 years. So that was a great example. And then in between, um, uh, high school and university, I took a year off to play hockey, which was one of my jobs. And then I worked at a steel factory and, I, it was great because I, I had to do that and, and kind of struggle through it. And luckily I got a scholarship and they didn't have to pay much of the school, uh, but it was still that, that struggle. So, and then with hockey, um, I was a really good hockey player. There was a lot of other really good hockey players, but I was also, I was a, I was the locker room guy. I was a team guy, right? I was the guy that would go and fight the biggest guy because he hit our guy and you know do stuff for the team. And I think that for the greater good, has helped me more than anything because it has nothing to do with me. If we can, if we can win championships as a family, and when I say championships, it's not about anybody else. It's about all about yourself. And if you can always do better, but you can do it, you don't have to always be the goal scorer. You don't always have to, you know, uh, be in the the limelight. And as a leader, you can you can lead by just building that soil, building the culture, and and leading by example and not having to say much, but just being there and doing the right thing. So both of those things really helped me, I think. Um, yeah. And then I, I retired for 10 years, went down to uh, Houston. Then I came back to Stony Creek and I played senior A hockey for three years and decided to try to uh, relive my youth. And uh, that was fun, but it hurt a lot. So I, I quit playing. Yeah, it hurts as you get older, but that's pretty cool. So very good. Very good. Chris, I thoroughly enjoyed this last hour uh, getting to know you a little bit better and uh, the insight and how how your brain works. And because, you know, we 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 said it on the podcast earlier, success leaves clues. And there's a lot of clues that were left along this this podcast. So uh, if you're listening, dig into that. And, um, you know, as as I kind of thinking about our interview here, Chris and, and Colin, you know, you mentioned, you know, you had a lot of struggles and, and I think through your story, Chris, those struggles led you to becoming very resourceful and, and thinking about ways to help other people overcome those same struggles. So kudos to you for that. And, uh, thank you for being on the podcast with us. Thanks guys. I really enjoyed it too. This is a lot of fun and seeing your lovely faces. Um, is always a, a nice added bonus too. So thank you very much. <laughs> there you go. So uh, for thank Chris, you, Chris. Knighton, yeah, for Chris Knighton, that's uh, Sir Colin Campbell. I'm Gary McGowan. You can catch us on all your favorite podcast players of choice and uh, we'll see everybody on the next show. Bye for now. Thanks guys. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Make sure to click the subscribe button so new episodes will automatically be downloaded to your device. Please help us reach more people by leaving a rating and a review on your podcast player of choice. Now go make it an amazing day for somebody.